Thanks for listening to Tights and Fights. If you like the show, go give us a five-star iTunes review like A.M. Gobble did. He says he's a new wrestling fan but a longtime comedy fan and that we're the best combination of the two. Oh, thanks, buddy. Get on iTunes. We need stars. Are you a star? Be a star. Five stars. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and To the captain's tights and fights. It's more game. It's any more game, though. Give it a bone. It don't belong. It's more. It don't want the podcast. It don't go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tights and Fights. Good old Jr. here along with the king. Hello, puppies. Welcome. I love your commitment I, to a bit. I don't know if we can follow that. I, just, I don't think I mean, we, we can. should go home. I was really trying Bye to. Bye, guys. Make... Good episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see how far I could go with it, and then I got tired of it and stopped right there. Jerry ruined it. You were fine you until you hit Jerry, it. and then you were like, oh, I don't want to be this. Yeah, exactly. I feel dirty inside. <laughs> I looked at the mirror for what felt like an eternity in that and, moment. And you were wearing a blazer and you just had chest hair mm-hmm. coming out of the middle of it. It's yep. such a weird look. One strapping it. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's an insect. There's an insect in here. In the Hopefully it won't kill us. <laughs> I don't know what kind that is. I'm going to kill it if it gets close to me because yeah. I have no respect for life at all. <laughs> no respect for life. I'm a heel, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we all die of Zika, welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the new face of Philadelphia, Hal Lublin. <laughs> <laughs> I always see these for the first time when I read them. I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the woman who doesn't go to the bar. She is the bar, Danielle Radford. Uh, hello. <laughs> I think that that means that there's a spigot and beer comes out of me. Wow. I'm not sure how that works. You have so, many, you have so many powers that are better than Bray Wyatt's. <laughs> And the man who left that tractor at Bray's house in reverse. That's right. I Mike did, Eagle. I did that. It's irresponsible. That's, that thing's burning fuel. And I pushed it downhill gently. <laughs> gently pushed it's it downhill. Sca- I know we're going to talk about Oh, the- God. I can't. I, I, all right. Save it. Save it. Yeah, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Coming up on this week's show, House of Reverse Tractors. <laughs> that sounds like a sex move. <laughs> <laughs> Long live the bliss. Passion for fashion and a lot more. But first, payback. So let's start with the title that's made the most movement this week, the U.S. Championship. Of course, Jericho won the title from Kevin Owens on Sunday, only to lose it back to Kevin a few nights later on SmackDown. How do you guys feel about hot-shotting the title twice like this? I guess the point of it was to have a clean way to move Jericho over. Right. That's the only reason, right? Like, what other reason could there be other than to make sure that both of them are on SmackDown? Why else do you give Jericho a title for not even a full day? Honestly, I think that they did that that way for the flow of the pay-per-view. I think they wanted to start the pay-per-view off with something that would pop the crowd and would be unexpected. I felt like the pay-per-view was paced well. In terms yeah. of like mm-hmm. the emotional ups and downs, mm-hmm. and I feel like they felt they, they they needed to have that sort of up moment 
in terms of a babyface winning a title, especially because they were about to beat Bailey. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then really the whole point of this, you know, Jericho's going away to go tour in Germany or whatever with his sure. band. And you know Kevin Owens is going to be the guy who's going to carry that title at least uh, until Backlash when he faces AJ Styles. So the, the Kevin Owens we've seen on SmackDown so far has been a lot tougher, a lot less of the comedy stuff. Yeah, he's just kind of back to where he was, whereas a definitive victory at Payback would have been forward momentum. Right. And now he's just kind of like back to where he was. I got to like say. Cat, two I, steps forward, two steps back. Right. We come together because opposites attracted, you know. <laughs> it ain't fiction, just, just a natural fact. Oh, that's great. Um, we come together because <laughs> opposites attract. Do, 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 do. I don't like cigarettes. Or I like to smoke. He's <laughs> very aggressive. That's yeah. like Scatman Carruthers cat. <laughs> wow. But one thing I did like about uh, how you know how the match ended or how the the show ended on SmackDown was that moment. You know when Jericho's clearly hurt in the ring, and then Owens got in the ring slowly and kind of looked at his title before he jumped on it because it seemed to just put an extra exclamation point of that whole you know year-long best friends kind of angle. And I think it just sets him up, like how I was saying, to kind of be more vicious going forward. So, and like Daniel said, it is getting him back to where he was when he first came in and it beat Cena and he looked vicious, incredible. Yeah. Is yeah. getting him back to that point. But I'm happy to see that. He's at least he's going in that direction. Again. Yeah, because that's that's where I want him. Like yeah. the festival friendship, all that stuff was super duper fun. Um, but yeah, no, this is the Kevin Owens I want. I want the Kevin Owens that's just like I am the face of America. I am coming in and I'm taking your country from you. Yeah, that's he, dope. He he carries it forward on talking smack beautifully. So if you've not watched that yet, watch that for his appearance at the end because he just he just comes in and is such an asshole. <laughs> he's such an ass. Like he does what every heel should do, which is make you want to pay to see him lose. Let's talk about another top heel, Alexa Bliss, who also won gold at Payback, becoming the first woman ever to have held the Raw and SmackDown women's titles. I've read reviews saying this is the best match of her career so far. I wouldn't argue it. Obviously, Bailey is the right person to be in the ring with to bring that out with her. She helped her along in NXT as well. But it also feels like Alexa's is coming into her own. And I just want to point out my favorite spot in the whole match, which is her choking Bailey out in the corner. And as the ref is counting to five, she's mocking his count along with going, <laughs> Great. Two, three. I missed four. Yeah, that was great. Steps God. down. That was great. Like, so she's oh. she like Kevin Owens and AJ like the the best in the business. She does the little things that that maintain her character's integrity throughout a match. Uh, how did you guys feel about it? Uh, match of the night for me. Yeah. Yeah. I know that there are some people who feel weirded out that like she got to be the first one to hold um, to have held both titles. Doesn't bug me. I think it's fine. Some right. people were thinking like, oh, well, it should have been Charlotte. And it's like, other people get to have stuff too, you guys. All of the other women have had firsts. Yeah. Uh, all of the four horse women, yeah. including, uh, including Becky, was the first female drafted. Yep. And the first uh, SmackDown women's champion. Yeah. Let other people have stuff. She's and, great. She earned it. And yeah. I enjoyed the match a lot. I I am getting awfully tired of the, uh, the beating the baby face in their hometown deal, though. I know we just got... Uh, the one exception to the rule with Naomi winning at WrestleMania in Orlando. But I'm just, I don't understand the booking or WWE creatives like continued obsession with 
putting that sort that flavor of egg on a baby face's face. I'm wondering, is that like some old school no, no, wrestling carny territory the, the, thing? The old school mm. thing to do was to have the baby face win at home. Right. Mm. So the newer WWE thing is to humiliate the baby yeah, face. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just like, oh, families. y'all was, oh, I'm sorry, you were the best person in Podunkville. Well, now it's in WWE and you lose every time you go back to Podunkville. <laughs> right. Welcome to my reign. I'm Vince McMahon. Here, here. Have all these free <laughs> tickets. Invite all your friends and family <laughs> to watch you lose. Well, you if, ain't shit. <laughs> right. If the goal was to build Alexa Bliss as a heel... There's no better way to do it than have her deliver I, a defeat. I would say a better way to do it would be some new way. So, cause like, cause, cause <laughs> that's nebulous though. I mean, well, it's What's just new. What is this new way? I mean, it, they, they'd have to come up with something new. <laughs> God forbid. You know what I mean? By God. Because, I mean, as a viewer, somebody who's been watching the program as much as I have, it's like that's the sort of thing. And like, oh, it takes me out of it. You know what I mean? Right. So, so Alexa doesn't get the heel credit that they're going for with me because all I see is the same tired trope happening. All right. Well, mm. uh, she had a great moment on Raw Talk afterwards. Yeah, it was, where she it was talked awesome. about how upset she was that there were no balloons. That there were no balloons. <laughs> no celebration great. for her making history. And this is right after they were like super putting over how hurt Roman and yep. and and, um, yep. and Braun were. And she comes in like Roman's Dude. coughing up Robitussin yeah. or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Who cares? Where's my party?" So on Monday Night Raw, she literally got on a pedestal to celebrate her win. Let's hear a little bit of her talking to the entire women's division who were in the ring with her. I looked in the front row at your family, and, and they were all upset, but I saw your nephews, and, and they were crying. But I thought to myself, what would Bailey do? Bailey looks at the positives. Turn that frown upside down. So Bailey, looking at the positives now, I realize now your whole family, even your nephews, finally have a real role model to look up to. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Oh, I hope you're wearing your uh, your nuclear suits, your radiation suits, because that was nuclear heat. That's nuclear heat. Amazing. And in, in, in such a way that, like, you know, normally those things happen and the crowd is like, you know, yay, something, you know, someone said something cool, but they were mad. Yes. That's great. Absolutely. Let's talk about something else that happened at Payback, where Shazaro, I think that's what they call themselves, were defeated by the Hardys, and they responded by turning heel with a post-match beatdown. Then they came out on Raw and cut a very generic promo (laughs) where they said absolutely nothing new and let us know nothing about their characters, but their heels now is going heel the right direction for these two guys. Hey, as long as I get to wear those jackets every week, I am here for it. I mean, let's be super honest. That is a heel-ass outfit that they've been wearing for a while. And we let them get away with it. That is a heel-ass outfit. Yeah, no, I I, th- I loved the moment that they turned heel. And then they, you know, and then they start talking and it's like, oh, God damn it. That's the thing. That's why. That's why. It's because the talking. That's why neither one of you is like over the moon. Uh, so know, I really need them to like be to cut a stronger promo next time. But I'm I'm here for it because they're still whatever match they're going to do is going to be amazing. And I love both of them when they're just like lethal and huge and destroying people. Yeah, I, two I'm, alabaster Ken dolls. I'm I'm interested <laughs> to see heel Cesaro because when he first came in heel, he was just doing the five languages thing, and he wasn't really he he didn't really do anything to antagonize or get heat from a crowd. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take some time for him. And then they linked him up with Zeb, and then Zeb did all the work. And so we need... It's time um, for Cesaro to, like, figure out who he's going to be as a heel. It's like, dude, you're fucking... You're a giant 
gorgeous, bald, deadly European dude. You are every diehard villain. Like, this shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> Born wearing a turtleneck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, give him a cat. Let him stroke it and tell us how he's going to kill Mr. Bund. Like, he's got it. <laughs> I hope they go in a legend killer direction. If that's their thing and they want to take out all the old people, how many that's old, a great... How many old people are around? Too many? Yeah. Probably a bunch. You know, other than the Hardys, the, the next oldest kind of old dude thing. is probably Seamus. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or, well, they also talk about the future, so they could take out anybody who's that's right. to be the future right. as well. All right, let's go over to the cruiserweights, where Austin Aries defeated Neville by disqualification, but that also means Neville remains champion. This is the second strong match that these two have delivered. Has it been enough to keep you invested in the cruisers? I love these Neville and Aries matches. I love mm-hmm. them because to me, and I remember tweeting about this during WrestleMania, like this is the perfect analog to the UFC like middleweight division where like it's not their biggest guys, but it's their best fights. Mm. Right. And mm. these two in particular, like, these are two guys who just know how to work. They know how to work around the world. They know how to work in a variety of different styles. And it's a WWE style match that is just more athletic because these guys can do a little more. And and I just really like the two of them working together a ton. And I loved that particular finish of this match as a way forward for that feud as well. And hopefully for that division because they've been doing some work. Like if if you could tell me that 205 Live was matches like that, maybe not even necessarily every week, but very close to matches like that every week, I might make some time for it. The problem has been that like it was just WWE with smaller dudes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is more of a comment on the fact that now everyone in WWE is doing a lot of these like suicide dives. Suicide, and, di- right. yeah, and there's these very like lucha or Japan inspired moves. I don't know if that's what it is, but even then, I feel like we weren't seeing a whole bunch of that. Because unfortunately, what I feel like I got when I was watching 205 Live a couple of weeks was like that six man tag match we got this week, which was just like everybody mashed in together. You got good guys on this side, bad guys on this side, and everybody's wrestling, but like why? Long booking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were doing a hard sell this week, though. I felt like they were yeah. really pushing people to watch 205 Live this week. And, and so people maybe, getting heat and pops. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, the crowd is. The problem is the Raw crowd pops for them, and then the SmackDown crowd has to watch them after three hours of right. watching yeah. wrestling. SmackDown it's just tough. Like yeah. they're, 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 they're fighting an uphill battle every week. Let's talk about another match from Payback where the Kingslayer, Seth Rollins, defeated the Samoan Submission Machine. Was it right for Samoa Joe to be doing the favors in his first ever solo pay-per-view match? I mean, I barely remember that match. I'll be completely honest. It was okay. I don't mind him doing the job. If he does it in the next one or if he continues to be that guy, then obviously we've got a problem and they don't know what they're doing with Samoa Joe. Right. But I will say that whole match was kind of underwhelming for me. It was a good match. Maybe I just expect more out of a Rollins-Samoa Joe match. And maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe... Rollins is still too injured to do that or or it's just because of the way the booking is now with Rollins being like a face and then Joe being the heel. I don't know. I wanted more out of that match than I think I got it. I, I felt the same way and I was trying to analyze it in the moment and I was wondering, I mean, are his legs not 100%? Like, is that an issue? But then there's also the other thought of, uh, once again, if I'm not mistaken, this is the, the third or fourth Seth Rollins match in a row where most of the matches somebody else working his leg. You know, right. which which mm-hmm. takes away a lot of his offense. I mean, you know, in terms of how he's supposed to be selling through the match, he can't do things as fluidly as he would like to if he's selling. 
And I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I feel like I, I cannot wait until we can get through that storyline wise. Because yeah. I feel like that might be the thing that's holding him back from giving us the matches we were used to getting when it was like him and Brock. Right. Know. Let's take a sidestep from this. So Universal titles off television for at least another month or two. So the focus of Raw became the IC title, specifically a triple threat match between Rollins, Finn Balor, and The Miz. And of course, we saw the start of a Bray Wyatt-Finn Balor feud, but we also saw Samoa Joe come in to destroy Rollins and take him out of the picture as well and continue the feud. But I, I want to talk about the fact that the three of them were fighting for the IC title. Does it feel like a step down for Balor and Rollins, who came out talking about the Universal title? Did, did it feel like they were settling for just any title they could get? Gr- granted, I, th- I thought it was one of Ambrose's best shows mm-hmm. in a very long time. I want all of the titles to feel like they are a big deal. Right. That being said, the IC title hasn't felt like a big deal for a minute. And so if they are actually putting an effort, much like they are with the U.S. title, into making this feel like a big deal the way that all titles should feel important and like a big deal then great maybe it, maybe it is coming off like they're settling for it and I don't want that I want it to be that this title means something and they want to try to get it and not just like well you know the champ done ran off with the title again um, <laughs> so I guess so I guess we've got to take this other smaller title I felt like in the promo Ambrose kind of served the function of logically changing the conversation from a bunch of guys in the ring talking about a title that isn't there to putting the onus on them to be like, no, I'm I'm here. I'm a fighting champion. Somebody fight me. Right. Mm-hmm. And and then at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, then we should fight for that. And I felt like even though it's clearly, in a sense, a step down, he told the story to made it, that kind of come together and make sense. Do want to see that title elevated too, but I think, you know, the main way to do that is going to have to be a long reign on somebody who's super over and uh, I, you know I'm I'm very I'm very underwhelmed by the the fact that they're going in that direction again though Ambrose and Miz cuz I feel like we've seen that so we've many seen times. it and we yeah. had we had the, the possibility of all these new feuds because Ambrose had just got moved to Raw so that's the only thing that I came out of it a little underwhelmed by was that okay it's Miz and Ambrose again. yeah man you talk about Ambrose just won the title from Miz in December yeah you're talking about yeah. shaking shit up shake it up don't give me Jericho and Owens on Smackdown don't give me right. the Miz versus Ambrose on Raw that's not a shakedown you just changed nights that's like I would the Simpsons is still the Simpsons whether it's on Sunday or Monday you guys like that's not a shake up to be fair He's got work to do in the upper mid-card, although he's with a lot of people he's already feuded with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got Rollins, Wyatt, uh, Miz. Finn would be fun. Finn would, Finn be, would fun. be a fun one. I love Finn talking shit in that promo, yeah. too. That was great. The Finn Balor kicked my ass club. I'm like, yeah, Finn. <laughs> that's what. That's the thing. Do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> with your demon-y ass. I love it. With your, with your penis all poked out in front of everybody. <laughs> he does, though. He pokes his penis Look at my weenus. <laughs> Payback also ended with what can only be called the passion of Roman Reigns. <laughs> After Braun slammed Roman in the chest with steel stairs, Reigns was coughing up blood to sell the attack. Those guys did a great job. Roman's, it, I know this sounds stupid to say, but Roman is super underrated because people just hate him because he's been pushed. The guy can work. Braun Strowman, forget about for his size. The guy's just... The guy's just taking to this really well. Character standpoint, wrestling standpoint. Yeah, I can't wait until we build him up enough that we don't need Brock pretending like he's doing us a favor every six months. Mm. Exactly. Wow. So how big of a win was this for him? 
for, for Braun? For Braun, yeah. It was huge and it was brutal and there were blood capsules and it was fantastic. This was exactly the way that I think that this should have gone. And then now you can get brains coming back and being like, you fucked up my pretty, pretty face or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and have him come back and really like, instead of being like smirking reigns, like, oh, I'm the big duck. Oh, I'm this. But like, you fucked me up and now it's your turn. Yeah. My buddy Aaron, Aaron Fever, who is a member of the group and listens to the show and Hi, is also Aaron. a wrestling fanatic. What's up, Aaron? He was complaining about the lack of moves that Reigns was using in the match, that it was punch, 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 spear, Samoan drop. I would argue, and Mike, I'm curious what your feeling is, if the whole story of the match is that he's injured mm-hmm. and can't use one of his arms really well, that he's got to use whatever weapons are at his disposable uh, He's got to use whatever weapons are at his disposal to get Braun Strowman off his feet. And that's punches, spears, and him getting him up for a Samoan drop. That was a huge moment. It's a big moment. So they made a a Samoan drop into a huge spot for the audience. Do you agree? I can't tell if you like the match or not because you're being real like, you're like playing a poker hand over here. I'm just waiting for you to just say it was the drizzling shit. And then I came out and they were terrible. God damn. It's all good. And then that bail had to ring. (laughs) What did you think? I liked the match a lot. I think I'm making this face because you call Roman Reigns underrated. I think I, I think it <laughs> I might know. be. I mean, because I, I I don't think he's underrated. I think no. I don't think anybody thinks he's a bad worker. I haven't seen him. Okay. There were a couple weeks where people were saying you can't wrestle, but I don't think they meant that. I think they were just trying to fuck with him and just say the most shit that they yeah, could. Yeah, they were just trying to hurt him, which, right. wow, guys, wow. <laughs> I think it's wow. internet fans that are saying it. They're like, okay, well, he has five movies. He's the well, same it, thing with Cena. Cena just puts on great fucking matches. Well, exactly, but, I mean, and I, I do think, though, that not having a varied moveset is a valid criticism. Sure. I mean, especially if it's something that people can easily notice, then it's a problem. Even when he's hurt, he does the same five moves. He just is a little more labored doing them. I had a huge complaint about Braun when they first did the brand split. Yeah. And now he's kind of got a varied offense. I've seen him do quite a bit of things, especially with those, you know, in his matches with the big show, he's billing and all, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's doing all yeah. this stuff. You don't see that kind of variation from Reigns, but I'm not sure if that's his call or not. Yeah, it can't be. It can't be him. Surely he knows how to deliver a body slam. He knows how to deliver a suplex. Yeah, and then like also probably still turn him heel. Still. I still think that's the thing. W- wouldn't you also say, I-, I don't disagree, wouldn't you also say, though, it's not how many moves you do, it's how you use them? Yeah, you know what? But I, I-, I do think another thing with Reigns is that he does his moves in an obnoxious manner. <laughs> like that fist cocking shit, it bothers me. Oh, you don't me. like that. It really bothers Ooh, me. You don't like, like Cause that. like, yeah, dude, you, got, you have a dude a foot taller than you whooping your ass. Why are you cocking your fist before you punch him? You should just go punch him. <laughs> it is one of those things where it's like, if, if the dude is down and you have time to be a little taunty, it's great, but like, you ain't gotta do that every time. Because <laughs> for me, I just, less, less talky talk from the Roman, Less of that. Be the dude that he was in the Shield, where he's just like, you don't talk as much. Right. You just come out. You just beat people. And I'm kind of hoping that him getting smacked up and spitting ketchup up everywhere is going to be the thing. <laughs> Honestly, that makes you're right. Because if if he turns down the arrogance, then maybe maybe he's the baby face that Vince really believes that he is. Mm-hmm. But he gets huge reactions. He sells a ton of merch. Sure. He's at the top of the yeah. card. Yeah. Yeah, there but... is no. There is absolutely no. From a business standpoint, if we were just running a promotion right now and we. We had a guy and and some and people on the internet were were saying turn him heel or people on a 
on the best wrestling podcast on earth. The very best. We're saying the best one. Turn are are there heel. other ones? I don't think there are. No, there aren't. If you're still, I, I think they're going to start one, but it's not going to do well. It's mm-hmm. not. It sucks. I no. heard about it. It sucks. Terrible. If you're making a ton of money with this guy and he's getting huge reactions, whether it's positive or negative, anywhere he goes, and the guy can go with a variety of different people and put on an entertaining match, then well, why would you change you it? You know why? Why because, would you? Because, because what is the reason not to? How, how, like, like, how would Ching? No, no, no. You would get more money if he's a heel. You don't, but you don't know that. No, yes, you do. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how wrestling works. And every, you know, and, and even Cena, even Cena, when he first got over, was a heel. Yes. Sure. Like, there, there's no path to that baby. Hulk Hogan was a fucking heel when he first started. I, yeah. There, I, you there's know, turn no, him heel and then turn him back exactly, to babyface. And then he's the biggest babyface in the world. Then he's, like, in that. Upper higher that's how mega the shield got that, over. That's how wrestling works. Exactly. He's already done it. No. no, no. It, doesn't, it doesn't count when no, they. No, it, not, it does <laughs> not count. It doesn't count, count when the they split them back up. Counselor. It didn't count. It I'm does. on a short leash. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, let's get to some quick hits from elsewhere in the WWE where the fashion police have managed to get themselves over with their new show. Let's hear it. Let's see. They stole the SmackDown tag team titles from American Alpha. Grand Theft. They used to do an ugly dance during their entrance. Disorderly <laughs> conduct. They're twins. Identity theft. No one wants them around. Unlawful assembly. They walk around backstage like they own the place. Oh, that's jaywalking. And Jimmy walking. The uggers applied their face paint wrong. Visual assault. Their outfits actually hurt my eyes. Assault resulting in actual bodily harm. <laughs> I got it. The big bust goes down May 21st. Gotta love it. Chicago. The old Windy Apple. My kind of town. <laughs> Backlash. All right, I just want to point out the two framed pictures they had on the counter. One was classy Freddie Blassie. Lovely. Yep. The other was Big Boss Man. Lovely. And the pictures they have outside of that main corkboard, oh. they have John Cena, like, whereabouts unknown, and then uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, and it says, said a king of, of strong style. It's all crossed out, and it says no style. <laughs> oh, that's a bold statement, my yeah. friends. I just like when it moved over, for, and they did the chong chong. Yeah. <laughs> that melts. That yeah, no. murdered me. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that was brilliant. All right, what did you guys think of Ty Dillinger's new version of the tiebreaker? I like it. I, I do, too, and it's necessary because uh, AJ was doing a very similar move. And I also want uh, either Seth Rollins or Finn Balor, or maybe both of them stop doing a damn sling blade. Yep, doesn't look like it does anything yeah. at all. And they're doing it in the same match, and it's like, <laughs> why are we doing this? It always looks like they overshot their target. They're like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, okay, I'll fall over. Uh, what do you guys think of Charlotte turning face? Ugh. It's fine. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, 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 She's I, such I, a good heel. I think it's bad for Naomi, too, honestly. Because I think that mm-hmm. Charlotte, her path has given her a very particular kind of polish, and I think she's going to end up outshining Naomi. Charlotte might be a little bit too polished of a product. Well, and also, what, we're back to teams now? Y- yes, and and I also found that very disappointing. Like, again, six women, so now we're just going to divide them three and three. And, and wait a minute. Is the name of the faction really the welcoming committee? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's what oh. they're calling themselves. Is that what we're doing? The fucking welcoming committee? <laughs> what? This is like a this is a gang of dangerous women. Yeah. And you're calling the fucking welcoming committee? Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Like I get that they're evil, but it's like so they just show up with like a casserole and they're like, but you have to cook it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that 
<laughs> Isn't there only one person to welcome? Yeah. Why are they welcoming Naomi? She's already been there. Welcome, person who holds the championship. Yeah. Can, can you can you imagine the same television show having something as awesome as that Fashion Police segment, mm-hmm. and them calling a group of people the fucking welcoming committee? The highs are high, but the lows are low. What is going on in this company? <laughs> Every week, there's tons of wrestling to talk about, so let's keep the conversation going. Connect with us at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights, or hit us up on Twitter. We're at tightsfights there. When we come back, it's time to talk about a certain House of Horrors match, whether we want to or not. That's coming up on Tights and Fights. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a floby, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined in the booth by... Danielle Radford. And... Michael Eagle. Every so often, there seems to be something from the week in wrestling that warrants some extra attention. Extra this attention. is our main event. Oh. Hi, main event. Oh, hello, main event. Randy. Did you enjoy my house, Randy? <laughs> Did you see the baby dolls hanging from the fucking ceiling? So weird. You know, it's it's not common for WWE to use expensive pre-taped segments in their main product, but when they do, they sure do love to build them up. Like this one for last weekend's House of Horrors match. I have something very, very special planned for you. Very, very special. Yeah. Very, very special. In a different kind of match. I want to show you something. A House of Horrors match. Are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Oh, fear lives within my house of Like in the basement? All your fears will come to light. You won't know, Randy. <laughs> you won't know if this is a house of horrors. Or just some crack house. <laughs> wait till you meet my trap queen, Randy. <laughs> you just wait. She's whipping that work in the back. Oh, God. I wanted it to be <laughs> so good. And the thing is, is that, like, I like bad things. I'm, like, notorious like for things. liking things that are bad. <laughs> and it just wasn't, like, it, it wasn't, wasn't even fun bad. Yeah, it was no. just, like, not good. It's, like... Creepy shit hanging off the ceiling in like a dirty kitchen. Like they just shot it in my apartment. Like it's not good. <laughs> it's just B roll from See No Evil. Yeah, I don't. I mean, so my I I have so many opinions uh, about why this didn't work and other f- cornier things did. Yeah, I, I mean, 
Yeah, that's the the sigh that we're all experiencing. That's everything about that's the like, prevailing emotion. Do we need to see him pull up in a fucking limousine because Bray Wyatt's gonna appear later? Do we even need to see that? It's a Fuck cold it. night. Randy. Normally he wears Trump. I don't know why I'm talking about the fucking logic of a house <laughs> of, of horrors match at all. But I'm trying to maintain the internal logic of WWE where people will wear. Normally his outfit is a shirt and no pants. This time he's gone a pants and no shirt. Either way, he switching looks like, it up, Bray. Yeah, stepdad Randy had a rough week at work. He just needs to relax this weekend. So let him crash out on that couch. Just gotta protect my elbows. Yeah, <laughs> Randy. <laughs> Do you like my tractor, Randy? It's moving so slowly. You've never uh, seen a tractor move that slowly, Randy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was this worse? Than the New Day segment with the Wyatt family yes. at the ranch. Yes, it this was. This was worse. Yes. Because that one made no sense to me at all. Yeah, but that one just kind of happened. This one was built up and then built to be at a pay-per-view. Is this worse than Halftime Heat? What the hell was that? Halftime Heat was a an empty arena match. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Is yes, this? it is. Those I are, remember that. Those are that's bad. another free tape. This was worse. This was worse uh-huh. than that fucking uh, forklift shot where it's aiming down at the rock and he's just laying there going, oh, oh, no, oh, no, as the slowest move. Like, they love slow-moving equipment But here's the thing, like, the halftime segments. heat is, like, not canon. Like, it didn't count. It was just there. I'm the title changed hands. It counts. I don't even think I ever saw it had that halftime it's, heat. It's bad. It's bad because there's no crowd there. It's literally, it was. It happened during the halftime of the season. Yeah, I heard yeah. about it. I don't think I ever actually saw it, though. I don't know. Like, I think I know now. Like, I, I'm, okay. I'm sure. Like, I was betting that it was going to be terrible. But see, the problem now is that I don't. I'm start. I'm just really starting to not like Bray. I'm just like it's really starting to like when I put all of these these things together. When I add them up from the projector roaches, right. um, and you know these cutaways and these promos that are long winded to go nowhere. I'm growing tired of Bray and the way he's being presented and just all the risks that they take with him with this audiovisual shit that just doesn't make any sense. See, but I like risks and I don't want to tell them to not take risks, but it's just like they're not getting what makes Lucha Underground stuff work. They're not getting what makes House of like any of the House of Hardy's crazy shit work. And the thing with Lucha Underground is that these are like fucking Robert Rodriguez's dudes and they know how to shoot stuff. With the House of Hardy stuff, it looked like shit, but who cared because it was crazy and nuts and gonzo and it was so silly that you couldn't help but be drawn in. And you're exactly right because really what WWE gets wrong is that in the midst of this obvious stupid shit, I mean, because look, we're already suspending enough disbelief watching a fucking wrestling match to begin with. Right. And then you're going to insert a five minute low budget horror movie? Like, what are you asking of us to do? And in the middle of that, they have the nerve to try to treat it as self important. And it's like, look, either go balls right. out and go super duper silly, right. or take it very seriously. Bring someone in who knows how right. to shoot horror and have them shoot that match. Take it for realsy, like a for real scene. All right, I'm on board with, with both of you. With, with everything that you're saying, I don't think that they're going to do that ever. No. I think it's just going to get fucking worse. Let's talk about how this damages Bray Wyatt as a superstar. So this is a guy who can only win if you go to the cellar from Blair Witch Project and he drops a refrigerator on you. Because <laughs> the second he steps into a ring, all of a sudden Orton's right behind him 
and would have beaten him after having a fucking fridge dropped on him Can I if say it I- wasn't for Jinder Mahal and the Singh and the Singh brothers, which I like. I love Jinder Mahal coming in to get some extra heat, but Bray Wyatt. He's one of those guys who lives his gimmick, except when he's at like Disneyland with his family or giving an interview <laughs> off air. Like he should be doing what Kevin Owens is doing and not make public appearances at all in like a tap out. Should be like, yeah, man, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. No, you should be fucking scary as shit. But the second he steps in between the ropes against somebody, it is a virtual certainty that he is going to lose without interference. And and every once in a while, that's okay for a heel, but that's not the kind of heel he's supposed to be. So. What is there left for the like? Do we really think he's gonna beat Finn Balor? What? what how does this set him up for anything in the future other than like? And you know what really bugs me to, up the, in NXT. What really bugs me the most about this is that I I'm willing to put money on the fact that if he was six inches taller, Vince would book him like the fucking Undertaker. Sure, he would have went over the Undertaker when he was supposed to. Right. And like that is like I, I just don't understand. Like they 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 still spend all this time. You know, putting this character in front of us and building him up and building him up and building him up. And like now, like literally when Bray comes on television and runs them long, dumbass promos, I tune the fuck out because it doesn't matter. No, he ain't like he's not saying anything. Not only is he not saying shit, he's going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's not. They didn't do him any favors. And for the if you're going to have him again, we keep saying if you're going to have him do the special match shit, it needs to count. If it doesn't, it's just like not the fun kind of goofy. Right. Um, You know, it's not even like I was ready to go in and laugh at it for the wrong reasons. And I couldn't even do that, although I am super happy that for once we're putting a man in the refrigerator (laughs) instead of a woman. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. But like, I don't know where you go with Bray after this, because now what is it now? You're going to have Balor as the demon. And then you're gonna have Bray as Bray. So what does Bray do now? Does right. Bray does you know, it's gonna be the fake dreads versus the real dreads. Like I don't oh, know. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. horrible. They're, they're each one the end horrible. of a devil's juggling stick. <laughs> just fighting each other. Brother versus brother. Oh. Here let's talk about Randy Orton for a second. First of all, I know that people like him. I still I think he is Who likes him? He is like a, a like if somebody threw vanilla ice cream at a tan wall. Yeah. <laughs> that is what it is like for to watch him. Like his matches are good but not great. He's got the world title on on the brand that is supposed to be the land of opportunity and he's got a a, a number one contender who if you gave him the title to to run with could do some really interesting things. At least it's at least worth it doesn't tarnish the world championship I think to give it to to a guy who came out of nowhere. JBL came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, like it's there's a precedent for that. However, the indication, and I take everything I read on the internet with it, with like nine shakers of salt, is mm-hmm. that they are not going to put the title on him unless something in the, in his development as a character sort of forces them to put the belt on him. What do you do with Randy? Is he devaluing the world championship by having it right now, or is that just me? I, you know what? That? I don't think he's devaluing it by having it, but he's devaluing it by having it on television. He could go wherever the fuck Brock is and the belt would be fine, you know, and they could just bring him in to do whatever match. Because honestly, like, what does him in the ring cutting a promo do for anybody? What does it do for anybody at this point? We've seen this shit for 15 years. We know everything he's going to say. None of it's going to be fucking interesting in the least. Yeah. Every match is just what is the most creative way he can hit his finisher out of nowhere and then win the match. Yeah, that was the only thing that kind of made him interesting was when, like, that meme came. 
And then you had, and then it was like, oh, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. It's like, okay, that's dope, but like, that's gone now. And, so, and, like, as cool as it is when he hits it and when he does it right, it's amazing. It's like, you guys, you can't book him just because he had a meme pop off for like a second because that's done now. It doesn't seem like he's having fun. It doesn't. I mean, doesn't honestly, you know, you know, you when know? it, it kind of did seem like he, he was having fun is when they did turn him and put him with the Wyatts. Like, that, that first couple yeah. of months. That was interesting. It did seem like he was kind of into that, you know? And yeah. I, and we were all hoping that that was going somewhere where his character would develop some, but they didn't even let him grow a beard out, man. Yeah, every time I see him hit that pose <laughs> in the beginning, it just looks like a huge shrug. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant I don't shrug. know either, you guys. <laughs> well, uh, talking about this match has been our House of Horrors. We want to hear what you think. And you can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tights fights, or you can reach us on Twitter at tights fights. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to have three things from the world of wrestling that deserve your love. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hey, Max Fun community. This is your friend, Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love, and a bunch of other stuff. I am a longtime member, supporter, and devoted follower of Maximum Fun. And now, finally, I have my own podcast on the network. It's called Magic Lessons, and it is me coaching people through their creative issues and problems. This season, we have some amazing creators that we're helping through their joys and struggles of making something out of nothing. And then I bring in special guests like Glennon Doyle Melton, Brandon Stanton, Martha Beck, the poet Mark Nepo, Michael Ian Black, Sarah Jones, Gary Scheingart, these amazing friends of mine to come and help coach these people so that they can get their work done. I hope you'll tune into it. It's called Magic Lessons, and it's all about love. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined by... Danielle Radford. And... Mike Eagle. Every week we end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. Danielle, you're up first. What are you going to put over? I am going to put over savage-ass Corey Graves. (laughs) Uh, Corey Graves. So we all remember a few months ago when Tom Phillips decided to be on a plane and tell someone um, how hard he was. Uh, and he mentioned throw fucking and it was all a thing and it got leaked. And it was never mentioned on TV and it was never mentioned again. Well, Corey Graves mentioned it on 205 Live and he kept cracking little jokes. Um, and just, it happened multiple times? No, it was twice. It wasn't just <laughs> oh, once. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just once. Like, he kept bringing it up. Oh, that's um, So here's, here, uh, we've got a clip of one of the times that he brought it up and it was pretty great. It's not like Dar was sending DMs on Instagram to people that he shouldn't have been. There's nothing, you know, embarrassing about what he's done. He simply stole the heart of a beautiful woman from Cedric Alexander who was neglectful. Didn't show wow. I'm sorry, can we hear the other one too? Cedric Alexander was a terrible boyfriend. Didn't care about Oh yeah, where he said, uh, well, no, I'm Dar's flight's going to be less than four hours. Yep. A lot longer flight than four hours. There it is! Damn, G. Somebody gave him the green ass light, man. Yep. Yeah. Go out there and set that boy on fire. Well, what's Tom Phillips going to do? <laughs> you know, there are some things that don't need to be talked about and some scandals we can leave alone, but that one is just... 
I feel no shame. I feel okay with it. Right. And let's remember that wasn't a hack. That was the woman who he sent that to finding out that he was engaged and Mm -hmm. then sharing it publicly. And Mm -hmm. busting him out. Mainly so that any other woman he's also texting about, you know, throat fucking USA mm. could also know that, hey, this dude's engaged. <laughs> if throat every girl fucking... had an esophagus <laughs> and a penis too, <laughs> then they'd be throat fucking <laughs> like <laughs> me and you <laughs> all over the bedroom <laughs> and in the bathroom too. <laughs> Yeah, we be Facebooking, fucking USA. Fucking USA. Mike, what are we <laughs> The segue is always the best. Segway. There is man. no, I, like, there's nothing. Speaking of Facebooking, Mike, <laughs> what are you going to put over? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, honorable mention number one is Method Man on Jericho's podcast because it was amazing. Honorable mention number two is uh, on MLW radio they have a podcast called writer's room and they actually uh managed to acquire the script to the vince mcmahon by a biopic and they do a whole episode discussing it i did get to see two pages of the script it's fucking incredible it's i mean it's from the way they made it sound Mm. it's like Damn, man, it's like a long ass episode of like Silk Stockings or some shit. Like, <laughs> like some Are you old play a clip Red Shoe Diaries. No, but that, that's just an honorable mention. Um, I am uh, putting over a guy uh, on the internet who makes these little cartoons called Wrestling Shorts. And I found that there was one he did for in advance of WWE Payback where um, it was a, a cartoon version of Braun and Roman fighting. Um, and here's a clip from it. I'll talk about. I'll talk a, a little bit about it after. Here's a clip. Welcome to Payback, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns with a spear. Mamma mia! Another spear! And here comes a Superman punch. And oh, he's stuck in Strowman's beard. Roman's trying to get loose, but the beard is pulling him in. Strowman's beard has interfered in the match. Is this even legal? Now, at this point, the entire cartoon becomes Roman in a side-scrolling 8-bit video game inside of Strowman, oh, Strowman's beard. Pretty great. And he fights he fights a lot of uh, wrestlers inside there, and it's great. So everybody go, go watch that because it's fun. Uh, and then go listen to the Writer's Room podcast where they discuss the Vince McMahon biopic and go listen to Method Man on Chris Jericho's show. Yeah. All right, I'm putting over Talking Smack because one of the three of us had to... Uh, great appearance by AJ Styles, who came out. He's still playing that sort of tweener heel face. I kind of like this new version of the face character, where he's still sort of like an asshole and a dick to Shane. <laughs> like, oh, I brought ice out. I don't know. They just told me to bring Shane ice. There it is. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but he uh, he talked about his pride in being on SmackDown and said what I think they should put on a blue T-shirt immediately. This is, this is the new catchphrase for SmackDown. Go ahead. You want to prove yourself? Here's the place to do it. You want to prove yourself? Come to SmackDown Live and show me what you've got. Ginger came over here. He's trying to show everybody what he's got. Mm-hmm. This is the place to do it. Hey, you know what? I'm not even going to say what I'm going to say. Never mind. What? No, this is 
just talking about. You want to say it? You want me to say it? Yes. SmackDown makes them, Raw takes them. We make superstars over here. That is what we do. Okay. You try to clean us out, we're going to build somebody now up. that we're gonna put them on the spot. Is phenomenal. It's <laughs> <laughs> tremendous. And 100% true. They're not really making stars on Raw. They're just using the stars that they have. Those people mm. were stars when they got there. Mm. <laughs> you going to clean us out? We're going to push new people. Yeah, we'll show you. Jinder Mahal's out there. Smackdown makes him. Raw takes him. He was the shits a year ago. Yeah. Now look at him. He's all cut like he did P90X. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe he did P180X. <laughs> That's the secret ones behind the MLW paywall. <laughs> that does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Our hosts are Daniel Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. Our producer is Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. And if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on iTunes and share us with all of your friends. Thank you so much to our donors who make this show possible. And we'll be back next week for even more. You whoa. <laughs> even more. <laughs> when it's time to change. <laughs> And we'll such a deep cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Into what you're gonna be. And we'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Bites.